Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 9th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. I'm Trey Scott. In a continued effort to cover all of college football's biggest storylines in the most insightful way possible, today we have an interview with Quincy Avery, a quarterback coach who works with some of the top passers in the game, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, and Jalen Hurts. And so as Hurts has the biggest game of his Oklahoma Sooners career on the horizon, Saturday against number 11, Texas, I wanted to get Quincy on the phone to discuss Jalen's development, his mindset, and even his eventual NFL ceiling. And spoiler alert, there's, a, there's some Dak Prescott in Jalen's game. Enjoy. Quincy, let's start with your elevator pitch of what you do and some of the notables you train. Uh, I would say I'm Quincy Avery. I'm a quarterback developer, and I work at making the best quarterbacks in the world a little bit better. Some of the guys I train, Deshaun Watson, Joshua Dobbs, Deshaun Kaiser, uh, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Emory Jones, Jaren Williams, David Moore, Jalen Hurts. I got a long list. Jalen Hurts, one of the final guys you mentioned, is the one we will focus on today, especially with that big Texas OU game looming Saturday. So you began working with Jalen in the offseason following his title game benching versus Georgia. Did you have any preconceived notions about his ability as a passer? Because the narrative was that he could win, he could run, he could make some throws, but he couldn't make all the throws. Um, so I've seen Jalen throw a bit when he was in high school through the lead 11. So um, my thoughts were that he was a developing passer. Like he had a lot of the tools and capabilities, like he had a strong arm. Um, he was physically gifted. I just didn't think he had put it all together to that point. So, yeah, I, I guess you could say that I wasn't exactly sure if he was a pure enough passer to be great at the at the passing game. What did you work with him on at first? So when we worked, we had like some, just some specific things he wanted to do, like footwork balance-wise, that we kind of attacked. Less about upper body mechanics at that time because he didn't have a bunch of time to direct – to focus it on just one thing with me, and I don't like to change a guy's throwing motion if I can't be there throughout the steps. As Jalen's developed, as you guys have worked more together, has he asked to tack on more challenging mechanical improvements? We talked about it a bit. He's actually throwing with Deshaun. I just noticed that he was just a lot more fluid in his throwing motion, so he had obviously put in a ton of work on his own um, to develop his ability to pass. Like It looked dramatically different to me than it looked the previous offseason. So we didn't need to work on the same amount of things or things in the same, uh, through the same viewpoint as previously. So we kind of took a different approach and we just let him work out in the traditional offseason workout program. What does that entail? Well, if you're in a, a college athlete, you'll, you'll be doing higher level things, but we're focusing on the ability to move in the pocket, the ability to throw off platform, and the ability to regain our base and balance um, on conflicted movements. During this process, do you become a friend or a mentor to these guys? A lot of times I become really good friends with these guys, um, friends, or like a big brother, like a mentor, uh, just being a sounding board because I've seen a lot of things from a lot of different perspectives. Like I've, I, I played football, but I've worked with so many guys who've gone through not only the recruiting process, but the draft process that I can – be there to help them along the way with things that they're experiencing. The first offseason you worked out with Jalen after he had gotten benched, where was his head at? 
I, I think that he's probably better than anybody else that I've ever met in the world at being focused on a long-term goal, but being able to focus, work hard in the interim, like in the short instances, he works as hard as anybody else, but he's still really focused on his global or big overarching goals. So he doesn't really get caught up in, in the weeds. Um, he works hard in them, but he's not caught up in them. He's always big picture thinking. So his attitude throughout that whole process was amazing. When you saw him this offseason, Jalen had already gone through spring practice at Oklahoma. What did he have to say about his time in Norman so far? I think even up until the season kicked off, there were doubts that he could be as efficient as his predecessors. Uh, there was no doubt in his mind. I'll tell you that. Um, some other people might have doubted it, but I think he was really, really confident. And I think any quarterback, when they get together with Lincoln Riley, um, and, and the way that he coaches the game and the way he gets people in good positions to be successful, I think any quarterback who just got the experience that is going to be very, very confident that they're going to be successful. Jalen entered the transfer portal January 9th, transferred to OU January 16th. He visited Maryland and Miami. It was a very quick decision. Was it just a match made in heaven? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that there could have been a better pairing of quarterback and coordinator um, in the country. Like him getting the opportunity to go there in that system with that coaching staff, I think they do as good a job as anybody else in terms of allowing somebody to be successful. So I thought that was the best thing for him. An interesting dynamic here is that Justin Fields, another guy you work with, was also rumored to be in the mix for Oklahoma because before he landed at Ohio State, replacing Dwayne Haskins, who you also work with. Do you have any idea how serious that interest between Justin Fields and Oklahoma was? Uh, no, nah, no, I don't really know much about that. So I didn't, I tried to stay out of the old transfer dynamics. It's understood now the role of an off-season QB trainer and how that meshes with a college's quarterback coach and coordinator. But do you still get any pushback from colleges? Really? Um, I've developed a relationship with a lot of head coaches, coordinators, quarterback coaches. So um, I like to just supplement things that they're doing. I can speak their language. I can talk to the quarterbacks about the things that they want to do. And a, a lot of times these programs are so focused on their scheme in those dynamics that it's hard to really f talk to their quarterbacks about fundamentals just because you do not have time to do so. So I get to be the person there in the offseason, and I'll check in with them. I'll let them know what's going on whenever their quarterback's out. So it usually is pretty smooth. There's there's a couple schools that I don't have a great relationship with, and that makes it difficult. But um, their quarterback's still going to come train anyway, so there's not much they can do about it. When you think about Jalen Hurts as an NFL prospect, what's his ceiling? Um, you know who I compare him with? I don't want to put a ceiling on him because every time people do that to him, he kind of chatters through that. But but pre-draft, I would compare him with a lot with Dak, um, just being a great leader. But I think he's, if he continues to trend the way he's been trending this, this season, I think that he's going to go a lot higher in the draft than Dak Prescott did when he came out. So um, he's got an opportunity to be good in the NFL. I appreciate it, Quincy. We'll see Jalen on a big stage this weekend. We've got plenty of follow-up to that letter sent by a Penn State fan, Dave Peterson, to football player Jonathan Sutherland, which we mentioned on yesterday's podcast. Peterson told the Tribune Democrat that making a racial or cultural statement was, quote, not the intent at all. I would just like to see the coaches get the guys cleaned up, 
and not looking like Florida State and Miami guys. Of course, Peterson had written Sutherland a letter saying he liked his style of play, didn't like his dreadlocks. Sutherland released his own note on Twitter saying, quote, Although the message was indeed rude, ignorant, and judging, I've taken no personal offense to it because personally, I must respect you as a person before I respect your opinion. Uh, Penn State coach James Franklin had a strong statement as well. Lastly, Jonathan Sutherland is one of the most respected players in our program. He's the ultimate example of what our program is all about. He's a captain. He's a Dean's List honor student. He's confident. He's articulate. He's intelligent. He's thoughtful. He's caring and he's committed. He's got two of the most supportive parents. And I would be so blessed if my daughters would marry someone with his character and integrity one day. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. For Connor Tapp and our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. And we'll see you bright and early on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. 